everybody gather near the doctors in the house. So lend them your ears. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron here along with co-host Dr. Jerry. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 285 with our opening number performed by Fred Cooper. Fantastic musician. I want to to thank him for that opening number. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, as I say, this is episode 285. I thank you for making us the number one health show here in Southwest Florida We are definitely coast to coast with 86% of our listeners in the United States and the balance from Canada, Ireland, and the United Kingdom. So thank you for listening in. Thank you for making this show uh, pretty popular. And uh, we're going to continue to bring it to you as long as uh, we have your support. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Facebook page. It's called Dr. Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. A like from you there would be much appreciated. If you want to drop us an email, please do show, so at docronradio at gmail.com, docronradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Dr. Ron, Dr. Ron on Instagram. Uh, love to have you following us, and I'll be glad to follow you back. So, ladies and gentlemen, with an attitude of gratitude, as I've said for the past five years, I am so uh Humbled to have you join me and an attitude of gratitude, ladies and gentlemen, not only boosts joy and general life satisfaction, it also is the single best predictor of good relationships and benefits both sanity and physical health. Gratitude has measurable beneficial effects on the mood neurotransmitters. What are they? Serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine, inflammatory cytokines immune function, blood pressure, blood sugar, hey, gentlemen, the testosterone, that's sex hormone, oxytocin, that's social bonding hormone, and cortisol. It seems that everybody's getting on the attitude of gratitude wagon, and I love it. I saw articles by Mercola this week. I saw articles by Bruce Lipton this week talking about an attitude of gratitude. So... Before we get going, uh, let's just keep uh, the lawyers happy and tell you that this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before I introduce Dr. Jerry, I want to just caution you to have an open mind. Uh, We're going to start out with Dr. Jerry, and he uh, has come up with something I think most physicians, I'd say 99.9% would not think about, but probably should think about in the future. I'd like you to keep an open mind about it, uh, think that uh, is it possible uh, uh, 
listen to him. Don't don't turn it off. And it has to do with hearing aids. So when I say don't turn it off, don't turn your hearing aids off either. So uh, before I say my opening marks, I do want to introduce Dr. Jerry Smith. Hey, Jerry, how are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, exciting to be on the program, and the information I'm going to be sharing with the uh, our audience is, I think, earth-shattering. It's just uh, just blew my circuits after I did the research. But thank you. Well, uh, before I well, I'll hold off my comments because Dr. Jerry told me about this about uh, two weeks ago, and it, it was so exciting to me, and and it had so much so many ramifications. And it, it's we have to see how it all pans out, but it's something that nobody's talking about. But what we are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is you have to be in control of your health. The government's not going to do it for you. Your insurance companies aren't going to do it for you because they're going to pay for sickness only. I just want to remind everybody, British Medical Journal stated that medical errors kill an estimated 250,000 Americans each year, making them the leading making doctors the leading cause of death. When medical error is not included, while it's not included in the rankings of the cause of death or included on death certificates, death from medical care itself and the doctors who administer it happens far more often than many realize. So I want you to just keep that in mind. There's lots of statistics. We've talked about them before. I don't want to take up the show time telling you this again, but it is really important. And just to emphasize what we have told you that we are 10 to 15 years ahead ahead of everybody and that medical students, what they're learning today is 10 to 15 years old and 50% of what they're learning is outdated and not relevant. And they don't, they are not taught to critically think about which ones are outdated and irrelevant. An article, November 24th, 2018, in a journal called British Medical Journal. You talk to any doctor, they know this journal. Title of the article, Diabetes, Sodas Worse for You Than Other Sugary Food Study Shows. Ladies and gentlemen, without going into this, we've been talking about Ansel Keys and what he did to this country with his flawed and faked research uh, with a low-fat diet which made us increase our intake of sugars and sugary carbohydrates, causing cancer, heart disease, and all kinds of neurodegenerative diseases. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I talked to Dr. Jerry about this. I mean, you know, you talk about blowing your circuits. Uh, This just makes you blow your circuits. They had to do a study to show that sugar was bad. And, and, And to add insult to injury, the scientists now hope to continue their investigations and more urge more healthcare providers to be aware of the harmful effects of fructose sugars on blood glucose. I'll tell you what. You know what, Jerry? You know what that does to me? One of these. Yeah. And they call That's why us. I need a hearing aid now. <laughs> and they. Yeah, who are the real quacks, ladies and gentlemen? I, the mainstream media are the real quacks. They just don't get it right. And what we're here to do is to analyze these articles and these headlines that you're listening to. We're here to analyze the fact that some of these articles are written by physicians who 
make their income from grants from the drug companies that have patents on the drugs they're actually talking about. It is really a, a sad day. All right. I have other things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the gas and bloating that you probably got uh, this past Thanksgiving and how uh, there are things better than Tums or Rolaids that you should try. But I want you just to to to, list, to to remember what we talked about and what Dr. Tamwer, God bless him, when he was on our show, uh, when he, he talked about cell phones, uh, how they can be some of the most damaging devices in your health because of the microwave radiations that they emit and that the levels of irradiation from your cell phone could be over a million times the levels that are considered safe. He said all artificial radiations are harmful to the body. People who are very sensitive to Wi-Fi will also react with the so in in the safe levels. So microwave radiation is Wi-Fi. So remember that as you listen to uh, what Dr. Jerry uh, is about to tell you. So I'm going to turn it over to him, and I'll um, I'll I'll give you some of my closing remarks after he gives you this, which I think uh, is going to be uh, a little bit revolutionary. I mean, just but just keep an open mind. And uh, Dr. Jerry, why don't you tell her this is what you discovered? Well, I had a patient in from Kentucky. He was referred to me because he had 10 years of chronic headaches. And the last three years, he said his headaches has gotten worse. So I said to my patient, Bruce, I said, what was different three years ago in your life that you can recall? And he stopped and thought for a second. He said, well, I got hearing aids. And the light bulb went on. I said, okay, Bruce, take out your hearing aids. So he did, and I muscle tested them. It's a chiropractic technique. It's accurate. It works. And this guy is 61 years old. He's rehabbing his farmhouse down in Kentucky, so he's no little wimp. And I muscle tested him. I couldn't get his arm down. He gave me his hearing aids. I put it up to the left side of his head. He couldn't hold his arm up. He turned around to me and says, I'm a believer now. He was always skeptical about some of the testing technique periodically, but after I showed him that when I put the hearing aids to his head, he couldn't hold his arm up. When I took him away, I couldn't get his arm down. So then I took a, um, a resin device that emits a random uh, pattern of, of, of waves to disrupt the electromagnetic fields that are being given off from the hearing aid. And when he held that, and then I held the hearing aids to his head, I couldn't get his arm down. So this kind of opened up my eyeballs to a whole new potential because I have, in all the research I've done on EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, you know, microwaves and cell towers and baby monitors, and I mean, there's all kinds of devices that give off Wi-Fi signals. I never once saw or heard or read that a hearing aid could be a potential problem. So I started digging, and the more I dug, the more unnerved I got because people aren't paying attention to this potential issue. You know, um, the articles that you'll be reading uh, primarily tell you, oh, Hearing aids are safe. Not a problem. Well, I'm here to tell you that according to the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, they state unequivocally that 
in the range of 1 to 10 uh, megahertz of frequency, the maximum exposure should be six minutes. So the interesting thing is my my lady friend recently got a hearing aids, and I was over one night, and I said, let me see your manual for your hearing aids. I want to take a look at it. So I'm thumbing through it, and it said the functional range was 3 to 11 megahertz. And I'm saying, holy cow. So here the FCC is saying you shouldn't have more than six-minute exposure between 1 and 10 megahertz. And the hearing aid manual is saying that it's giving off between 3 and 11. And I said, you mean to tell me you can only wear the hearing aids for six minutes? But the FCC is saying, hey, this is dangerous. So, I mean, it's staring you in the face. They're blatant about it. Don't even mention about it. But this is reality. And then when you start to look at some of the potential problems that the EMFs have been documented, you know, to provide loss of DNA repair capacity, um, reduction of what they call free radical scavengers, neurotoxicity to humans and animals, uh, carcinogenesis uh, to humans, you know, cancer-causing uh, effects, you know, brain tumors, serious impacts to the human and animal sperms uh, for reproduction, uh, affecting the brain and actual cranial bone development during, you know, pregnancy. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I'm saying to myself, over 15 million hearing aids were sold last year. Not to mention how many are out there in the, in the field, you know, people have been wearing for years. And they're basically, their brains are getting fried. And to make matters even worse, the newer models, they have Bluetooth so that you can manipulate the volume from an app in your, in your smartphone. Now, Bluetooth is 2.4 gigahertz. That's the same frequency that your microwave oven uses to boil water. How safe can this stuff be? And, you know, I know my lady friend was having some medical problems, and, and I told her, I said, you know, since you've been wearing your hearing aids, your digestive issues have exacerbated. I said, there's a good strong possibility that it may be coming from your hearing aids disrupting the normal bacteria in your intestines. So anyway, this is my find, uh, Dr. Ron, and... Um, you know, I think that a lot of people are being adversely affected and the traditional medical community, you know, doesn't even know that they don't know and, and they'll poo-poo it if a patient brings it up to them. So, you know, what do you do? That's, you know, the only thing well, I could suggest is that um, molecular resonance technology, which it's a little resin thing the size of a dime that you can wear on your body, it'll protect you if you have hearing aids. So. To me, the solution is relatively simple. So I think I think the value, ladies and gentlemen, what Dr. Smith is is telling us is that uh, if people come in with these so-called doctors, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's probably a virus, uh, or you have fibromyalgia. Uh, we don't really know what causes it. Maybe it's time for that practitioner to take that hearing aid out and do some kinesiological testing. Because like everything else, there's there's very few absolutes in, in this in this uh, field of medicine that uh, Dr. Jerry and I practice. But gosh, did 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 anybody ever think that a hearing aid and it, it's right there? It's a battery right next to your brain. 
emitting a frequency. And some people are, are definitely more sensitive than others. But one thing we learned last year, I learned from a guest we had on from Italy, talking about Mercury, Wi-Fi EMFs open up the blood-brain barrier. And we did a program on this about two months ago. You know, when that, that barrier is meant to be sealed. And now you open it up and you allow the aluminum, which is associated with the dementia and Alzheimer's, you allow that in. You allow the mercury in. You allow toxic levels of, of drugs into your brain. So I think the value of it is to be aware of it, that he, he, he was uh, keen enough to say, wow, this, that hearing aid could be causing these symptoms. Uh, I think that's, that, that, that should be part of a physical exam. I really do. As, as a physician for over 53 years now, or 54 years, I think this should be part of a physical exam. Make sure the hearing aid is, is not affecting the person's uh, frequency, their bodies, because we are all frequencies and light, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I think this is really important. Uh, and I think Dr. Jerry could go on and on because we've talked about Wi-Fi since the time I first met him about three years ago and, and how we have to turn off the, the, the Wi-Fi when we go to bed at night. And he, he had an interesting uh, story. I don't know if he, whether he wants to share it with you or not, but he, he related a story about Wi-Fi the other night. Did you, do you want to share that, Dr. Jerry? Yeah. I mean, uh, my poor wife, she had cancer twice in 1997, breast cancer. And then 202, stage 3 ovarian cancer. Um, and it wasn't until I started to dig into this hearing aid thing that the light bulb went on because I was lying in bed the other night with my iPhone and I was doing some, you know, searching on the Internet. And I couldn't get a signal on my side of the bed. And for whatever reason, I stretched my hand out to the left where my wife used to sleep. And um, all of a sudden, I got a Wi-Fi signal. And then I'm saying to myself, oh, my God. So my wife basically was sleeping on the left side of the bed in a Wi-Fi field, the plasma field. And on my side of the bed, I couldn't get a signal. Now, here this poor woman had cancer twice. And from the documentation that's out there, the EMFs are definitely an initiator for causing brain tumors and other cancers and all kinds of debilitating diseases. So, um, you know, it's kind of disheartening that you find out after the fact and after the demise of the individual, but, you know, it, it opens up your eyeballs so you can bring it to the attention of many, many more people. And I advocate unequivocally turn your Wi-Fi off when you go to sleep because it disrupts your microbiome in your intestines. It affects the physiology, your melatonin, your blood-brain barrier, you know, you can't take this stuff lightly anymore because there's too many variables that are impacting on our health. And if this is one simple thing that you can do by flipping a switch and getting a a better night's rest, which I've noticed in the past that when I do keep it off, I sleep much more soundly. And, and also have pets in the house. I have two beautiful Maine Coon cats. And I say to myself, you know, do I want to subject these innocent little creatures to this modern technology, which could put potentially, you know, do them in. So anyway, that's my two cents worth. Well, I, I think it's important that we do discuss this a little bit because, you know, it's it, the electromagnetic fields have been uh, 
called a carcinogen, both in California and Great Britain. They are, I forget the level, it's not a high level of carcinogenicity, but they are carcinogens. So, gosh, what does it take to turn your Wi-Fi off before you go to bed? I mean, put it on a timer if you, if you, if you need to. Have it go off at 11 or whatever the time is while you're sleeping. If you sleep during the day, I mean, I think it's that important that we have to tr- continually bring that to your attention. Uh, and gosh, uh, don't we'll, we will do in the beginning of the new year a program on the 5G. I mean, that's a weaponized uh, frequency that the, our government is using right now for crowd control and for other reasons. Gosh, when that comes, uh, it's, we're really going to be sick. But the Wi-Fi has been called the cigarettes of the past. You know, when you, you, you went to see your doctor and he was smoking, you, you, had, you had ads on television, doctors smoking Marlboros or Camels or whatever it was. That's what Wi-Fi is now. People are not taking it serious. So we're, I'm trying to bring this to your attention, to those of you who will listen. Uh, it can affect your health. It can affect that, affect that br- blood-brain barrier. And I was thinking the other day, how many people have atrial fibrillation these days. When I was in practice, if we saw one or two cases every six months, that was a lot. We didn't do many uh, paddle uh, shocking treatments to get them back. We, but now, I mean, you, I bet you you could could go every week and hear talk to somebody that has atrial fibrillation. Uh, so, you know, how about all the, all these signals? All every you know tower these the smart meters. I mean. Gosh, we did a whole program on that too. They're, they 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 dumb you down. Smart meters. Well, here's an, yeah, head of your they're bed. dumb meters. They're dumb meters. Yeah. Basically, that you know these uh, wearable high tech high fit watches. You know that are monitoring your heart rate and all this business. Well, I was in getting one of my cars serviced about six months ago, and I struck up a conversation with the uh, the service uh, per- person there, and she was telling me that um, when she found out I was a doctor, she said, you know, I, I had fainting spells, and the doctors can't figure it out. And then I noticed she had a Fitbit watch on. I said, come on out here. So she comes out from out to the counter. I said, please take your watch off. And she did, and we put it on the countertop, and I muscle tested her. Arms were strong, couldn't get it down. I said, put your Fitbit Bit, not bitch watch, you have your Fitbit watch on, and she did, and she could hold her arms up. I said, this device is stressing your adrenals out, and this is why you've been passing out and why the doctors can't figure it out. So come Christmas time, a lot of people are going to be out there buying you know, beautiful gifts for your loved ones and whatever. Please think twice about putting an electronic device, especially on a little kid. Because, you know, they think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But you could do so much harm to these individuals when they're wearing these electronic uh, time bombs, basically. Yeah, and, and, and how many people do you see with that phone right up to their ear, right next to their brain? No wonder there is an increase of acoustic neuromas and schwannomas and brain tumors. Uh, that, that fact is indisputable. Uh, that is a fact. The fact that, that somebody might argue is what's causing it, but... Gosh, if you have a, a a device that is transmitting electromagnetic fields right into your brain, wouldn't you think that that's where you should look first? Well, the bottom line is the documentation is out there. There was a a bioinitiative uh, 2012 report mm-hmm. that had scientists from all around the world 
documentation, hardcore science, that it's deleterious, it's dangerous to your health. And the governments just don't want to listen. I guess the lobbyists are paying them off too much and they're living high off the hog, so they're ignoring the, you know, don't confuse me with the facts. I'm a scientist, so to speak. But the bottom line is it's well-documented, it's irrefutable, and the establishment just doesn't want to hear it because I'm sure they're getting paid off to turn the other cheek or other ear, so to speak. Well, you know, I'm not going to keep, I want to keep beating this up because it's important. I mean, we had talked about the bioinitiative working group in the past. They told us about the 80,000 chemicals that are, in it, that, are, that are produced every year in this country. They also had a 650-page report that's, that cited 2,000 studies that detailed the toxic effects of EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, from all sources. Chronic exposure to even low levels of radiation can cause a variety of cancers, impair your immunity, contribute to Alzheimer's disease and dementia, heart disease, and other ailments. And they said, additionally, every single study of brain tumors that looks at 10 or more years of use shows an increased risk of brain cancer. Ladies and gentlemen, please wake up. Uh, please uh, take, take a look and do some research yourself if you don't, don't believe it. The, the the exposures to very low voltage signals like one to a hundred kilohertz like Dr. Jerry was talking about or dirty electricity can greatly increase your risk of melanoma, thyroid cancer, and uterine cancer. Okay? And they these signals, like like Dr. Jerry said, they're the byproducts of electronics. And your you know, your your smart television, your stereos, entertainment devices. So uh I think, what's the takeaway, Dr. Jerry? Takeaway is get back to basics. The less complicated your life is with this electronic wizardry, the healthier you're going to be. I mean, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, you know, to figure out that if you immerse a living organism into a, in a, a field that can potentially distort the way your cells work, uh, it's going to cause problems. Uh, you don't have to get fancy with this stuff. I mean, if you really want to get scientific, you can go out and buy a 300-hour meter from Germany and run around your house and start measuring the EMFs coming off your different appliances and meters and God knows what. But, you know, why reinvent the wheel? The, someone paid their dues. They did the research. It's out there. All you got to do is be smart enough to implement it, and it's not difficult. You know, it's, you don't have to buy a million-dollar piece of equipment or expensive stuff to, you know, take your advice. So you're walking away with something simple. Flip the switch. Turn it the heck off. Yeah, I think I think that's good practical advice. And how we started this segment is if you're having – if you wear a hearing aid and you're having some symptoms that your doctor says is due to a virus or due – we don't know what it is. is you probably got a bug or something. See if he can – he knows how to uh, – Check your hearing aid. Check you kinesiologically. Uh, I think Dr. Jerry, no, I know Dr. Jerry has a video on his website, icnr.com. And if your doctor is, is open-minded enough, tell him to look at that website and look how to see how a, a, a muscle testing is done. Yeah, there's and please, the before and right? after. It tells you really straightforward. It's not uh, complicated. It's a yeah, easy learning curve. 
And uh, it's something that um, possibly can save your life because, you know, it can affect, you know, your heart arrhythmias. It can affect your immune system, you know, all down the line. So it's something you don't need a fancy blood test. It takes, you know, three minutes you can, you know, do the muscle test with the hearing aids. So, ladies and gentlemen, take away, be be conscious of electromagnetic fields and Wi-Fi fields, these these uh, uh, frequencies. Turn your turn your uh, Wi-Fi off at night. Keep that phone away from your head. Do not use any kind of Bluetooth earbuds. They are they are worse than putting the phone up to your ear. Uh, get out of that smart meter. Opt out of a smart meter, please. Okay, really important. And uh, we're going to be talking more about this because I think this is the canary in the coal mine. Uh, This is something that's affecting all of our lives, all of our illnesses, diabetics, tremendous effect on diabetes, Uh, fog, brain fog, tiredness, fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome. I think this this Wi-Fi has to be uh, investigated. Uh, I see that we have a, let me just ask, is that the caller that ends in 5686, do you have any questions? No, thank you, but it's been very informative. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you listening. Uh, so, Dr. Jerry, uh, I think I think we hit on, on something. I, and I, my goal is that we should continue to uh, bring up this topic because I think, I think it's that important. I think... Uh, is something that has to be recognized by 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 our physicians. And it's something right, simple they, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple to do, but but keep it simple. Stupid is is really important now. You know, it's really important. All right, we're going to have an abbreviated show, so I just wanted uh, I I do want to talk about the using bitters, but you know, there's something else that just bugged me this week. Uh, and we talked about antifreeze uh, last week, uh, formaldehyde. How, I think I talked about formaldehyde last week, how it, it can get into your system. But I found out something today that blew, to use, to use a, a phrase that uh, Dr. Jerry blew my circuits. You know, you go into the hospital and you think they're going to help you. But maybe sometimes they can kill you by giving you antifreeze. Oh, my doctor wouldn't give me antifreeze. He knows better than that. But, you know, sometimes you're going into surgery, you're going into something, you feel a little agitated, and the staff will say, let me just give you a little benzodiazepine, lorazepam. Well, the common name for that is Ativan. It'll help you relax. Don't worry about it. We'll just give you a little bit intravenously. But I want to tell you about a little dirty secret about this intravenous drug, and you're not going to be calm about it because this intravenous drug, it has propylene glycol. Jerry, what's that? Antifreeze. <laughs> yeah. And propylene glycol in with your antifreeze. It's a med-made chemical. It's also found in house paints. Of course, it's mainly antifreeze. But the chemical well, well, Dr. Ron, you, you, yeah. yeah, Dr. Ron, you don't even have to go into the hospital to get it. Just go down to your corner soft serve ice cream. <laughs> yep. There's ethylene propylene in there. That's what prevents it from freezing. Well, here it is, though. You know what? That you should know. But when you go in the hospital, you most people, <laughs> excuse me, trust their doctors and health cares. I mean, just like we talked about the gadolinium of MRIs, how it could paralyze you and 
and, and put you on dialysis by killing your kidneys. Now lorazepam, commonly known as Ativan, intravenous, the injectable version of it, has propylene glycol. And it's a solvent. It's, so it can get into your It's a solvent. Well, basically, just be knowledgeable about it. Uh, you don't want gadolinium. You don't want Ativan. And God, I hate to I hate to tell you this. I hate I have to tell you, you don't want really potatoes anymore. There was a fella uh, named Caius Romans R O M M E N S. He is the hero of GMO. What's GMO? Genetically modified organisms. He's the hero in the food industry. Uh, now they can't run away from him fast enough. As a researcher, uh, Romans developed a new type of GMO potato. It was supposed to be the next big thing, a potato that resisted bruising and stayed fresh longer. But fast forward to today, and Romans is horrified at what he created. Isn't this incredible? You're going to see more and more about this story. He's sounding a major alarm about two serious health risks with GMO potatoes, potatoes that might be sitting in your fridge right now. And once you hear what he has to say, I don't think you're going to touch another GMO food again. This is really a Franken-food horror story, ladies and gentlemen. So wondering, you're probably wondering now, how do you stop a potato from bruising? Well, this is where it gets a little bit scary. Romans explains you basically silence the genes involved with the bruising process. But wait, there's a problem, you know, that domino effect problem. Sometimes you don't think about it. You end up shutting off all the genes that even look like the genes related to bruising. They have no idea how many genes are being altered and what the effect could be on you. Worse, Roman says, is that there's a very real risk that once you eat a GMO potato, your genes, if they're structured like genes related to potato bruising, could actually be attacked. It is even possible that silencing that takes place inside the GMO potatoes affects the genes of animals eating those potatoes. This story goes on and on and on. So why is this important? Because the scientists aren't just manipulating potato genes. They could be manipulating your genes. That's G-E-N-E-S as well. Okay. And at the word, you want to know the worst part? Genetically modified potatoes increase by six times their levels of something called alpha amino adipate. And what is that? This, this drug is a neurotoxin, and it can also react with sugar to, prevent, to produce advanced glycolation products that are implicated in a variety of diseases. Diseases, so, are, you know, got to be kidding me, Jerry. Neurotoxins in our potatoes. All right, so, you know, you want to be scared? I think you should be scared. And Romans actually has a book out, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Pandora's Potatoes. Pandora, Pandora's Bach, Pandora's Potatoes. It's almost a must-read. I just ordered it. So you should drop GMOs like a hot potato. This is this is this is criminal. No pun intended, right? Yep. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. It's like um, Star Trek, you know, on another planet. Yeah. So I want to ask any of our listeners, did you hear about the Franken potatoes on the news last night? Did you hear that they can actually attack your own genes? Anybody hear that story on NBC? 
No. No. I no. I don't think so. No. <laughs> Thank you. And and you just don't hear this stuff out there because it's not being brought to the public's attention. And it offends and, the advertisers. And, and how about what you what you talked about for a year now? How the retroviruses of vaccines can can attach to your DNA? Now, is there you know, it's good we know about this stuff, but. You know, is there is there a plan behind it? Are you are we paranoid enough to think that somebody has been has a long range plan of manipulating our genes? Scary, Derry. Very scary. Well, life keeps going on in a big city, you know, and uh, the thing yeah. is, you want to get through it with the least amount of medical issues. You know, uh, I remember the joke where the guy was being wheeled out on a gurney from the operating room and he had a, a vase of flowers. And he said, I just came in to deliver these. <laughs> <laughs> and here they operate on the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> had an open schedule. What can I tell you? <laughs> yeah, he laid down on a job. That's it. <laughs> All right, just really quickly, um, I know that we promoted that we're talking about hydrogen water, but I'm going to have to cut that a little bit short. But I wanted to tell you about something that I discovered, and I know Dr. Jerry likes to use acupuncture point, but I can tell you that Angostura bitters, the bitters that you're using in, in whiskey drinks, if you want to settle your stomach, in other words, after Thanksgiving, you're feeling, you know, you're feeling so bloated, uh, you know, you ate all that cranberry sauce and the pumpkin pie. You felt like a gravy. Beach ball. <laughs> and, uh, gravy. Yeah. You remember how we, we, Dr. Jerry and I talked about this after Thanksgiving. You felt like you had a, a beach ball sitting in your stomach and you were miserable as could be. The Toms didn't help. The Rolays didn't help. I'm going to tell you an old time secret that I found when I was going through my notes and it works like a charm. And it's bitters. They come out of Venezuela. They're called Angostura. I finally got the spelling for it, Jerry. A-N-G-O-S-T-U-R-A. But I, I just saw them even in the local uh, supermarket today. Angostura bitters. Uh, they are, they works like a charm. I'm not going to, they, they help you with stomach acid to digest what you're, what you've eaten. But you know what? They also go beyond the stomach into the rest of your gut. They fill your intestines with bile and digestive juices to keep the food moving through your system and eventually out the other side. And if you're a little on the older side, you may know your body's digestive system slowly gets slower with every passing year. So these are it's an herbal extract. It's been used for years. It has dandelion burdock, gentian root, fennel seed, and ginger as its ingredients. Uh, so, you know, a t- t- teaspoon or two of that, either straight or in some water. Cheers to good digestion, ladies and gentlemen. Just remember the bitters for digestion. I think, uh, you know, we will have plenty of time to use that over the uh, ensuing holidays and before New Year's. So, Jerry. Uh, yeah, there's uh, another you, quick fix, too. It's a homeopathic called Nux Vomica. When you've uh, overeaten and bloated, you know, you just pop a like five little pellets under your tongue, let them dissolve, and that that works pretty effectively. And then I mentioned to you, there's an acupuncture point on the side of your knee called Stomach 36, and all you got to do is, is rub it. You could look it up on the Internet, the anatomical position. It's real accessible. And just massage it, and um, 
that helps with the bloating too. I just today received my acupuncture renewal license for two more years. I know what you talk. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, look, let me, let me just, we, we know about what we talked about for the first part of the program. Okay. EMF, hearing aids, hearing aids could be a source of physical problems. And maybe Dr. Jerry even uh, created a new paradigm for, for physical examination with the hearing aid. We've talked all about the Wi-Fi. So, we, we we gave you that action point to turn your Wi-Fi off at night. Don't use Bluetooth and so forth, okay? But let's just review what we learned last week about colloidal silver, okay? Because that was a great program with uh, Phil Safer. The water you use to make your colloidal silver, okay, should be steam distilled water, okay? And, and it should be stored in glass containers. Take, you buy it in the supermarkets or Walmarts, wherever you get it from. It's in plastic. Please store it in glass. And this, this, the containers that you use to make your colloidal silver, and hopefully you are making with the sylvanic, because the sylvanic cannot make bad uh, colloidal silver. Cl- clean those storage containers, but without soap, and dry them really well uh, with uh, paper towels or, or a special rag that's just used for that. And your colloidal silver should always be clear, never brown. So if you're using, say, the, the unit that I use, the sylvanic, and you do have brown, maybe your, your water was no good. So you've got to be careful, okay? So do not drink, by the way, clear uh, brown colloidal silver because it could be dangerous to you, for you. Um, and the other tip that he gave us was if you have a urinary tract infection, you're taking colloidal silver. In order for it to be to get down to through the kidneys better, it's always good to take a, a teaspoon of uh, baking soda with some water, wait about 10 minutes, and then take your colloidal silver. Uh, that gets better. Get, it will get down through your kidneys. Uh, you ladies and gentlemen, if you read the history of colloidal silver, you'll see that you don't have to worry about uh, the blue man, the argyria, uh, if it's made properly, and it's ionic or colloidal silver, okay? It's only the, the silver that was made, not made properly that, that caused problems. And, and colloidal silver goes back to Alexander the Great. I mean, it, it's got a 2,000-year history. It was only, do you know the FDA used to, uh, uh, used to be called the Bureau of Chemistry, and its real mission was to legally protect the chemical industry by declaring toxic chemicals to be generally recognized as safe, the GRAS, and then they changed their name, okay? And silver medicine, ladies and gentlemen, has been re- – it's just been erased from the textbooks. None of the young – none of the – we were never taught it. And I mean, I, I graduated uh, 53 years ago. I was never taught uh, about the silver, except when I was in the Army, we used silver like mad to treat the burns at Brook General Hospital. So, But if, for all, effect, all uh, purposes, though, silver has been erased. So – if you uh, care to, you can listen to Dr. to Phil Safer uh, to our show last week. But uh, with the flu season coming up, ladies and gentlemen, you really want to have a supply of colloidal silver uh, around. Stock up on it now. And you might also want to stock up on some spray bottles so you can spray the stuff around. You can spray it in your eyes. You might also even want to get a, uh, a small nasal pump spray. If you can't buy an empty bottle, go buy a saline bottle. Throw the saline out and put your colloidal silver in there. And you might want to get some uh, eyedropper bottles, okay, to put a colloidal silver in your ears or eyes. 
And at the first sign of a flu, if you can treat your ears with either peroxide or colloidal silver, you might save yourself actually from getting sick. And lastly, we've talked about this. Uh, you, you know, you see everybody wearing these surgical masks. Well, you could be light years ahead of everybody if you spray your, your mask with some colloidal silver. Okay, just spray it lightly, maybe five to ten parts per milliliter uh, per parts per million colloidal silver. Silver, allow it to dry. Boy, you'll be ahead of the game, ladies and gentlemen. So, Doctor Jerry, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I am sorry uh, that uh, we have to uh, go off the air early today. But next week, uh, we will have a show on anti-aging. We're going to try and, and stick with that topic, and we're going to talk about. Hydrogen water, I have been using it. I love it. I have never felt so good, even better than the ozone water that I was using, uh, the hydrogen water, uh, and, I'm, and I'm structuring it. We'll talk a little bit about that, and I'm going to ask you after we talk about, after we talk about it in, in a future show, what adjective comes to mind when you drink structured hydrogen water? Now, Dr. Jerry and I, we, 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 we plan a lot for these programs, and we both came out with the same adjective today. And uh, we, we might offer a $25 gift card for anybody that gives us the right answer. Well, there's no right or wrong answer, but the answer that he and I were, were thinking about. Uh, hydrogen water, ladies and gentlemen, is just incredible. It is a, 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 the most abundant element in the universe. It's listed as the number one in the periodic table. And stars, like our sun, consist primarily of hydrogen. It's colorless, odorless, tasteless, non-toxic, found primarily in soil, water, and a lesser degree in air. It's so small it can penetrate and deploy all of its benefits at the cellular level. So instead of just drinking it in and going to your kidneys, this stuff can get into your cell and help your mitochondria. We've talked about the mitochondria, the work engines of our body. That's what keeps us young. And, 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 we have to talk a little bit about our DNA because it helps, helps that too. It helps with the telomere. Boy, boy it, if you want to listen to some crazy stuff, listen to Bruce Lipton and, and listen to his latest uh, uh, YouTube on telomerase and the telomere length because as your telomeres uh, get shorter, you die. I mean, once you, once you run out of dopamine, systemic enzymes, and your telomeres are short, that's it, baby. So, this, that's what we'll talk about next week. What do you think, Jerry? Yeah, it's a great topic. And, uh, you know, in France, they did analysis of the, the different cities, and they found that the cities that had the highest health index, meaning minimal illnesses, they had the highest concentrations of hydrogen in, in their water supply. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of these shrines that people go to have hydrogen water, you know, yeah. and so forth. And, and, and we're going to compare this, ladies and gentlemen, with alkaline water uh, because, uh, you know, alkaline water supposedly has a higher pH. Well, it does have a higher pH, but it, it has very, very few benefits compared to hydrogen water. And if you have acid reflux issues, you want to listen next week because uh, we're, going to, we're going to give you some information that is going to uh, really make you uh, stand up and, and start drinking hydrogen water. So Jerry, thank you. It's been a uh, been a pleasure as usual. And uh, my pleasure will... too. And look forward to next week. I'm excited to share the good anti-aging because you know as we get up there in age, you know we don't want to go into a nursing home and have a tube up every orifice. 
and we don't want to sit there and drool. Right. So uh, <laughs> it's really, really important. And ladies and gentlemen, please, if you're wearing a hearing aid and you have none of symptoms that your doctor says are the virus or I don't know, it's in your head. You know what? Could be in your head. Could be your hearing aid. So keep that in mind. Tell your friends to listen to this program, episode 285, EMF and hydrogen water. And get a new perspective on, on hearing aids and EMF. I think it's really important. I think it's a new paradigm. We've got to thank Dr. Jerry for that. And we're going to be talking about it more in the future. So with that, we're going to turn it over to Fred Cooper and waiting for his second verse of the doctors in the house when, of course, the doctor is going to leave the house. Thank you, everybody. God bless, and uh, see you next week on the radio. Doctors in the house, so they